Welcome to Bon Jovi Discussions. Today, I have my friend Leisha, who is from Indiana, and uh, we are going to talk about not one, but two albums. Uh, we are going to talk about David Bryan's solo albums, On a Full Moon and Lunar Eclipse. When I was trying to think of the perfect person to talk about these albums with, it didn't take, it took about maybe five seconds to think I'll, have Le I'll get Leisha on to do these albums because you're a hardcore, passionate David Bryan fan. Yes. So, so I'm, I'm thankful that you were able to come on today. And uh, I know you're, you're uh, we'll put a plug in for your Instagram, which everyone needs to go follow if you're a big David Bryan fan. It's David Bryant FC, uh, it's, and it's on Twitter as well, right? Same same tag? Yeah, it is, and on Facebook. So so before we uh, get started, how are you doing? I'm doing fantastic, especially how's, when I can talk about my favorite man. Yeah, how's that? How's Indiana? Um, rainy, stormy. <laughs> we just... We I just I think maybe we were getting like the very tip of Elsa. I don't know. It's, that's, I was just talking about that with my neighbor a little bit ago. I think that's what we were. I think we were getting the tip of Elsa or something because we we've had some hardcore rain the last few days. But my uh, my plants and my grass needed it. So but <laughs> we anyway. needed it here too. Yeah. So anyway, so I know, you know, I was on a debate on just talking about the two solo albums. Or, or and the soundtracks, but we'll do the soundtracks another time. You know, Memphis, um, Toxic Avenger, Netherworld, and the upcoming Diana. But for today, we'll talk about these two underrated albums. You know, I always, I always, I always feel like David is very, very underrated. You know, in the in Bon Jovi and these two albums, you know, they're he's very underrated. And if you if you really listen to the Bon Jovi sound, you know a lot of people will credit Richie for the sound, but I think a lot of that credit deserves to go to David because David gives that Bon Jovi sound. He does. Um, I mean, there's so much that you can do with the keyboards themselves, but he just puts you know 200 percent into everything. Yeah. Well, um, yeah. look, look, go ahead. I was just gonna say. Um, with uh this house is not for sale you know it was the first album after richie had left yep. and you know david was the one who stepped in to fill that creative gap exactly you know and if you listen to a lot of the you know when they were out in the 80s the stuff that bands at that time were putting out you really didn't have a lot of bands doing keyboards you know no. or piano you know um, if they did, it was only on one song. And so it was kind of nice to have a band back then that had keys and stuff. And, so, you know, there's a, a video that I'm sure you're aware of. It's uh, Hot Licks or something like that. It was a VHS tape released in the late 80s. And it has just a full-on hour interview with David. And he plays a lot of the songs from, you know, Slippery New Jersey. And you can really hear what he gives to those songs. It's, it's incredible. Yeah, I mean, uh, songs like Wanted with that wah, wah. Da, 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 wah. Yeah. I, yeah. 
And no, uh, I think he, I think he calls it like his like a spaghetti western influence. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so so anyway, I remember when you know I was eight years old when I first got into Bon Jovi in two thousand, and I remember I had gotten all the Bon Jovi CDs in that year, and then I got John's solo albums, Richie's, and then David. David's was hard to get. I remember this one was Lunar Eclipse was released in December of 2000. And so I, remember, I think I got this for Christmas. And I remember putting it in my CD player. And I was just, you know, cause as an eight year old kid, you think that music is just a singer, guitarist. And, you know, so I'm, I'm like sitting there, I'm waiting for the vocals. I'm like, he doesn't sing. Uh, <laughs> he doesn't sing to the very end. In, the, in these arms, yeah. So when when did you discover these this album? When you um, Lunar Eclipse, I actually didn't find until probably about 2007-ish. Um, and then, of course, on a full moon, I will admit I have not been able to get my hands on a copy because people, you know, put them out there on eBay for hundreds of dollars. Um, But because of distribution issues, On a Full Moon is so rare Mm -hmm. that, you know, at some point I'm probably going to have to shell out the $65, $70 just to get a copy. Well, I sent you a link on Instagram for a $25 one. (laughs) What's their shipping? What's that? (laughs) I said, what's their shipping cost? <laughs> there is no shipping cost. I don't believe so. But that's neither near. You can check it out. Um, but so what I really like about these solo albums is that it, it kind of expresses David's creativity. And, you know, there's a lot of it has a really good flow to it. We're actually I'm getting married in two weeks and uh, we're actually using uh, Lunar Eclipse as our prelude music as guests are coming in for the ceremony and then what's that yeah and we're (laughs) and we're doing the same thing for uh, the cocktail hour too after the ceremony as we're doing our photos we're so we're going to be playing this album quite a bit that day um so but anyway so my point is is that the flow of the the album is it's perfect you know you have you don't have anything that's excessive and in your face. You just, it's just, it's kind of nice background music, you know? Yeah. Um, so, so you had the whole album play at your wedding too? I did. Um, as the guests were coming in, just the whole album was playing. And then our um, music for like the unity candle ceremony was in these arms. Was it really? The vocal? Yeah. Vocal, yeah. Because I, on the on a full moon, it's just instrumental, I believe. Let me, let me look. Up. Yeah, um, on a full moon's completely instrumental, and then lunar eclipse. It was funny with his the vocal only vocal track. Um, he was actually going thinking about hiring an outside singer to record it. I did not know that. Yeah, and he was finally like, you know, screw it, and I'll, you know, just sing. I'll just sing it myself. 
And yeah. he did. And what we got was we finally got to hear those powerful vocals mm-hmm. without all the hullabaloo of um, Bon Jovi. Yep, exactly. With all the instruments and mixing and stuff, we really just got to hear his vocals. Yeah. And, you know, that version is just, honestly, it's it's him in, in a room just playing the piano and him singing. You know, it's like you said, there was no mixing to it, no other instruments. And I, I, I always will stick by this. I love David's version more than the band's version. Yeah, absolutely. I think- I think it's incredible. Um, you know, I love the way that he sings it. And I also love how some of the lyrics are different, too. Like in the first verse, you know, I'd cheat, I'd steal, I'd lie. You know, he kind of changes it up versus how John sings it on Keep the Faith. Uh, so I, I like that. And I, and I love seeing it lie. You know, there's once in a while when John lets him, you know, um, David will sing uh, in these arms or you know he's also saying you know wanted and it's my life and prayer so that's been cool too I, and there's a part of me that wishes that there was like a like a double album where he kind of did like bon jovi songs and stuff but uh we need, we need a petition for him to do that after his music after exactly. diana's done <laughs> I, I love the way he sings Bon Jovi songs. You know, I, you know, we've seen videos of him doing Wanted and, you know, It's My Life, Prayer, as I just mentioned. Yeah. And uh, I remember I got to see Prayer. I got to see him do Prayer for the first time in 2006. In Pitt- Pittsburgh? Pittsburgh, because John was sick and yep. he, he couldn't sing. And so David said, and he's... And uh, I remember after the show, people were like blown over there, like, who's that guy? I'm like, that is David Bryan. And uh, he's like, that's old- a master at work. Yeah. I, I remember everybody was just bragging about how good David sounded singing that. I was like, yeah, that's David Bryan. And I was so proud and I was so happy to see David sing, you know, because John had cut the show short. You know, he only, they only did like ten songs, and they they I have the, I have a set list, and there's like twenty four songs that night. I was like, I would have been happy if David would have sang the rest of the show, because that's how much I love seeing David sing. You know, it's yeah. funny because when I go see Bon Jovi live, there's times, and it's my life is a perfect example. There's times where I'll watch David sing the entire or, or play the entire song. I won't look at John or Tico. I'll watch solely David. And so for like, it's my life. I love watching him do the backing vocals on the chorus. It's just, it's incredible, you know, where he's holding those notes and, you know, I, I'm sure you do, you probably watch him the entire show. Yeah. When I went to see them in uh, St. Louis, 2017, my eyes were just locked on him. Glued. And granted, like my mom and I, we were sitting seats behind the stage i got the ones that were closest to his keyboard <laughs> it's like i'm not going to see bon jovi i'm going to see david bryan <laughs> exactly and i was I've, i mean i'm watching his little booty shake be- between his keyboards and singing and it was that made my show yeah and when he caught my eye and you get that little bit of participation with them i will tell you that was the best best night of my life (laughs) 
It's like I will sit behind the stage, but I'm getting close to those keyboards. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever done the, the backstage tour of VIPs? No, I'm poor. <laughs> but you, you, I tell you, you know, for as as much as you love David, uh, you've got to see. I'm stealing his water bottle. Don't, don't. Yeah. I mean, you've got to see his setup. I mean, his setup is really cool. You know, just to kind of see it up close. Uh, yeah. Pretty cool. But so let's uh, let's start digging into the albums a little bit. So you and I both know that both albums are kind of pretty much the same uh, tracks, except uh, so On a Full Moon was released in September of 95, and the Lunar Eclipse was released in December of 2000. And the only difference is Awakening and was it Midnight Voodoo is not on yeah. Lunar Eclipse. But Lunar Eclipse has I Can Love and Second, Second Chance on Lunar Eclipse. So I always wondered why he kind of put another album out with the same songs. But what I think was when in 95, as far as the States, you know, these days wasn't that big. It was overseas, obviously. Yeah. So I think when Crush was released and it was this he, Crush was this huge phenomenon. I think David kind of thought to himself, "Right now would be a perfect time to re-release this and see how it does." Yeah. And, and so I, that's my, you know, I, I always wondered why he re-released another album but with the same songs. I think it was just because he wanted to get more. Uh, lessons more people yeah because bon jovi was huge you know yeah and like i said there was such a uh distribution issue with on a full moon it really didn't have enough time to gain the traction exactly um so when he was able to release lunar eclipse i think it was on rounder records um mm -hmm. or ung universal um a ignition uh lunar eclipse was well, bone junction music is on there too so we're not <laughs> we ain't even gonna go there <laughs> yeah. i think that's like his little in his like self-publishing label yeah. e e either way yeah you know i i heard somewhere that on a full moon there was only like 10,000 copies made or something like that a very short amount and so I like you said I think there's like a distribution problem yeah. and stuff. you know I mean I think obviously I think the majority of the people that bought this album were Bon Jovi fans you know which is fine and but I kind of wish like a lot of the rest of the world who weren't just Bon Jovi fans would listen to the, these albums because they are truly incredible you yeah. know like, I mean, you could really see his talent as a pianist, a keyboardist, and you just you really see his talent, and you know it makes you really appreciate him even more than you already do. Yeah, but also it's like this man—he poured his heart and soul into this album, mm -hmm. and you know something people may not know—he has a home studio. Um, you know, even in the home he was living in when he recorded this. And that's where everything was recorded and produced. Yep. On his own equipment. He wasn't going to a big professional whatever studio to record. 
like Bon Jovi does. Yep. You know, his big production, you know, and that, it's like I was saying earlier about in these arms, you know, listen to how incredible that is. You know, he, it was just him in a room playing piano and singing the song. That was yeah. it. And it was, it was incredible. And it always, and you know, the thing is with Bon Jovi too, is I wish he would be able to write more songs, you know, like lyrics and stuff. Cause I think he's, Amen. You know, Amen. I've been saying that since day one. It's, you know, it's like, John, you have a Tony Award winning composer in your band. And if you listen Obviously, to... Obviously, he doesn't suck. I know. And you know, if you listen to his soundtracks, you know, like like Diana, when I saw the previews for Diana last year before the pandemic started, I mean, you, you really got a Bon Jovi sound to that play. Because, you know, David obviously did the music, but David has this really great rock and roll sound to his keyboard playing and piano playing on the on the soundtracks. Yes. You know, like Memphis and uh, uh, Toxic Avenger and, and then the upcoming Diana. So, but anyway, so let's, I know, I know, you know, we can keep going on and on and on about how underrated he is because he truly is. But let's start talking about these albums we'll just kind of go you know through tracks and stuff what's your absolute favorite track on this album besides in these arms because i think both of us would say in these arms except for in the, not not including in these arms yeah. um i would actually have to say kiss by an angel is my favorite okay that's my second one i i would have to say my first one would be um the the uh intro to lunar eclipse which would be uh second chance yeah, second chance. I love that. Um, yeah, um, I think that was a great opener. Yeah. To, to Lunar, yeah, it, the second chance it sounds uh, a lot like uh, Elton John in a way. You know. Yeah, with like the mood shifts in the song. Mm -hmm. Um. From what I remember reading, um, second chance was actually written after um his hand injury oh was it yeah it was his it was his recovering after in his second chance um after that injury oh i didn't know that that makes yeah, and I, every time I watch the the real life music video, because they, you know, that was when David injured his hand. You know, they have the the cardboard cut out. Of, and I'm glad that they did that. You know, nowadays John won't, you know, you know. He he's done music videos alone without the band. So. But you know, back then, you know, it was all, the band was always in the videos, and so yeah. I, I, it was funny to see you know them carrying uh, a cut out of David. That was Tico cool. just walking by and he's carrying David in his yeah. arms. You know, I wonder where that. I wonder if David David probably has that cut out or something. He probably does like stash in his closet somewhere. Yeah. So. I know. I know he's got a couple life size photos because I've seen a picture of his wife posing with one. <laughs> I mean, I saw that. I'm like, come on, really? Yeah, it's funny too. We'll talk about Kiss by Angel here in a second, but I want uh, April, you know, because I know that was uh, his ex-wife, and there's a track on both albums called April, which is obviously probably dedicated to her. And you know, before we get into Kiss by an Angel, 
I always wondered how he came up with some of these titles because obviously there's no lyrics, there's no, it's just, just piano songs. So I, I always wondered how him and like other pianists who do these kind of albums with no lyrics, how they come up with uh, a title. You know, like, like songs like Midnight Voodoo. Like, how did he come up? I always wondered that. Yeah, and I'm trying to think. Wasn't that on the Nether Waltz? Netherworld Waltz, Netherworld soundtrack. Oh, that's a good question. I haven't listened to that album in forever. Let me. Now you got me curious. I'm gonna. I'm gonna look. Netherworld. Because now I, I'm curious too. Because that it was kind of fits in like with the whole like dark and like haunting vibes. So now I think that came out what in '91, '92. It was right around the same time that John and Richie were doing their their solo stuff. Yeah. Um, no, it it wasn't. Uh, Netherworld Waltz was obviously. Uh, and that's that's why I didn't put money on that because I would have lost. Well, I see. I th- I th- I was thinking the same thing. Uh, I'm looking at the other tracks. Uh, there, but there's no. Okay, so for for some reason. For some reason, we got disconnected, which has never happened before. We are but back from technical issues. We are back from my first ever, this is my 46th Bon Jovi discussion. <laughs> and this is the first time I've ever had a technical ad. Your so, computer was just like, I'm sick of listening to her. <laughs> it, it's a brand new computer, too. They probably got tired of us here, or us bragging about David Bryant. She's like, I got to take a break. <laughs> so anyway, so we were talking about. Great for Mama's uh, hotness. So I thought Midnight Voodoo was on Netherworld Waltz, and it wasn't. Uh, or not um, Midnight Voodoo was on Netherworld, but it wasn't. Um, so, but uh, let's go into Kiss by Angel, which is your uh, favorite. I really like that one because uh, you know I'll let you talk about it first because it's your favorite, so you deserve to to talk about it first. So with Kiss by an Angel, the vibe that I get from it is kind of like a song from one lover to another. Okay. It's, I I get more of a romantic, um, you know, first it's like sweet and tender, and then for, I don't know, like a minute, it goes to like low, like slower to like yeah. the lower scales, mm-hmm. um, which is more soothing. Um, and then it picks up, which I love. Yeah, and then, then it picks back up. It's yeah. almost like maybe not a song from one lover to another, maybe like a conversation, yeah. the emotions. Um, but I just I just think it's really romantic. Yeah, it's... Uh, um, I also like, I think the beginning, like you said, it's very soothing. I, I think in the beginning of that is, um, I really like the, it's kind of like a lullaby type sound. You know, that the first mm-hmm. 30 seconds sounds like a lullaby. But then, as you said, it, it kind of gets more of a romantic sound. Yeah. Uh, so that's what I love about Kiss by an Angel. Um, April, I, the song April kind of a, Kind of reminds me of like a waltzy wedding dance song. I thought you, see, you and I we think quite alike. I thought it, I thought the same uh, same thing. 
I can imagine David that. watching this and be like, "Yeah, y'all completely wrong." <laughs> Probably, but that's what that's what the beauty thing. That's what the beautiful thing about music is is that we can interpret it in different ways. You know, it's like, yeah. like John. You know, John always says that. You know, once they release it, it becomes our song. We interpret it in, in different ways. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I do. I do see where you're uh, going with April because it does sound like something you'd walk into a ballroom. And it's you know, yeah, eccentric and and stuff like that. And then you've got like that whole transition. It starts very classic. Uh huh. Um, his classic piano training, you know, the rhythmic piano scales, and then it transitions into this flowy romantic melody. Yeah. You took the words right. That's how I don't know how to explain it, and you explained it perfectly. Um, I'm trying to think, there's two songs on this on these albums too that I always thought were kind of funkier. Didn't really match the flow, but they're good songs. Um, Room full of blues and up the river. Yeah. I, for they're they're kind of they have a funkier, more fun type sound. You know, because most of the album is more very intimate in a way relaxing and soothing and then you get um room full of blues and uh up the river and you know up the river sounds more i don't know how to explain it in the right way but it's more exotic and it's kind of sounds like like a jungle type yeah, song. like a like an amazon amazonian yeah. theme yeah. yeah so i i like those songs because of it because it, it, it's different um it, it makes you sit up and makes your ears perk up. Exactly. And like okay. room, room Full of Blues, it's like very jazzy and bluesy, yeah. but very upbeat. And I've actually found, just from videos I've seen, um, it's kind of how he plays during jam sessions with local bands. It was Matt O'Ree, yeah. Yeah. And it kind of... Yeah. Kind of reminds me of Schroeder from the Peanuts too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, just close your eyes and you can just see Schroeder just going. <laughs> what What are your other favorites on, on on the album? I mean, my absolute favorite. It's gotta be in these arms. Okay, so we, let's talk about in these arms because that is definitely the the best. Our both our favorites. Um, so, like I said, I really like how he kind of changes the lyrics in that first yeah. verse, you know, with I'd cheat, I'd steal, I'd lie. Instead, he's like, I'd steal, I'd cheat, I'd lie if you were in these arms tonight. And, and this, his version has a mood to it. So, like, what yeah. I, I want to listen to in these arms, I have it on repeat. Mm-hmm. And uh, you gotta turn it up. Just turn uh, up the volume. And, and it's funny too, because like I am no singer, and I am a terrible singer. So like <laughs> I'll turn it up all the way, and I'll sing along to it. And uh, my fiance Rachel, you know, because you, you just you feel the song. You know, I I think you connect and feel this song more on David's version than you do with the band. You know, it's more intimate and more it pulls you in. And so I'll turn it up, like you said, and I'll 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 scream my heart out to it. And Rachel and my fiance Rachel, she's like, just let David sing it. 
let the singer actually do the singing. <laughs> exactly. But it's such a good song to sing, uh, you know, because like John's version is very high and very, you know, hard to sing along to. David's is very easy to kind of sing along to. Does that make sense? It does. And he's very emotional with his vocals and yes. how his how he brings his music across. Yep. Um, and we may not hear it in, in these arms on the album, but a couple of times um, when he sings it live, he hits those high tenor notes. Yeah. Whereas, you know, on the album, it stays between like baritone and tenor. Mm-hmm. And then when he sings it live, he just like ups it. I know. That's why, amazing. that's why I love seeing him live. And I, I love being able to see him sing songs on his own. And it, it's, it's just, it's so good. You know, I could, I could praise the guy all day how he sings live. It's just amazing. Um, anything else you want to say about In These Arms? No. I've, uh, I've, I've probably I, talked about that song way too much. <laughs> I do too. I also love the way that he kind of ends it. You know, like, uh, you know, you think it ends, but then he goes, you want commitment, take a look into these eyes. Mm-hmm. And then it, and it ends. And I his love voice it. goes a lot softer. Yeah. Instead of I, that I, hard chest voice that he that he does, instead it's just very soft. And you know, my favorite part of the song too is the way that he sings. Um, Your clothes are still scattered all over the room. There's no, you know, I love the way he sings that part, Bridge. And then he kind of goes into a, a piano solo, yeah. which is really cool, you know. And so, but, you know, like, like I was telling you earlier about um, that Hot Licks tape, it, it's kind of interesting to see how you just hear Davis, you know, it, it's on YouTube now, like, you can find, like, good vocals only, or guitar only, or drums, you know, you can hear different parts of the song pretty easily, and it, it's really interesting to go on YouTube and listen just to David's part, because you can really tell how much he adds to it, because there's a lot of songs where you don't really hear a lot of keys or piano. Right. But on the, uh, but it, when you hear it just piano only, man, it's it's so good. You know, yeah. You, you can see how much he adds to, to Bon Jovi. I, w- I would love to hear his stripped down acoustic versions of Bon Jovi songs. I know. That's why I'm like hoping like one day he'll do like a small tour or something, or even just one show where he sits down with a piano in front of an audience and just plays Bon Jovi's. And some of his solo stuff, too, from his albums, you know, but... Well, I mean, he's he's kind of done that with, um, I think it's Carrera Italy. Yeah. But, but he still had a band all- backing him. Yeah. I, I would just like to see, like, uh, intimate kind of setting where he's doing his own songs and then, de- you know, the Bon Jovi stuff and... Just him, you know? I love that. I'd give my right arm to see a show like that. <laughs> Do a runaway trip or something <laughs> like that. Oh my god. Don't don't get me don't get me in that runaway discussion. All right, all right. It, it's they, gonna it, end in a flight. <laughs> I know. They did one though with David back in eleven, I think. It was for um Memphis, I think it was. 
They did a runaway trip though, and they um, it was just David. It was for his play. Did I miss something? Yeah, I think it was 2011. They did that. 2011, yeah, or 12. It might have been 12 because they also did one around the same time too for Richie, for aftermath. They did a trip. I actually did not know that. Yeah, let me. uh, Because I almost did it, but I couldn't because of college. Um, But let me pull it. Let me see. I'm going to have to look around for it, but it definitely happened. And I think it was only for like uh, 50 people. uh, And like he he sat in um, audience chairs and fans sat right beside him and took pictures. Oh, wow. Yeah, I'm surprised you didn't know that. Yeah, I think it was either for Memphis or Toxic Avenge. I can't remember which one. It, it, was may, a- it may have been for Toxie. Yeah. So, um, so, so let me ask you this. Because I, I kind of have, like, split feelings about it. Um, the song Interlude. Interlude on, on a full moon? Oh, no, it's uh, on, on Lunar Eclipse. On um, Lunar Eclipse. Yes. So... It comes right in the middle of the album. Yeah. Have, have you ever given thought to it kind of splitting the album between classic piano and the more experimental songs? Oh. Because if you listen to the songs before, thought of that. yes, I never thought. If of you that. listen to the songs before it, it's very classical. Um, acoustic, you know, songs. But then afterward, you get the jazz, the blues, um, you know, the sax, the drums, all of that comes in. Yeah. And then he ends it within these arms. You're right. I never thought of that because, you know, it's funny you said that too because I believe both are at, you know, the room and uh, river are also after interlude and you know room full of blues is right after interlude mm-hmm. and like we're talking about you know the funkier type sound and if you listen to interlude and then right into uh room full of blues you definitely get an experimental type so i never thought of that you're right because what else so it's not just me <laughs> no no i you're, you're completely i never i i would have never thought of that um I'm trying to remember how I hear a prayer. I'm trying to listen to it in my in my head. Um, here are prayers. It, it sound it has like more of like a melancholy feel. I I yeah. think I think it's, it's, it's reflective. Sad. Yeah, I think I feel yeah. it feels like one of the sadder songs on the record. Oh, absolutely! That one and I, um, "Kissed by an Angel," I think are the most the, the saddest ones. Um, and then I think what's that? The Summer of Dreams is more in your. It, it's funny because um, here our prayer, uh, yeah, here our prayer is kind of very, like you said, reflective, melancholy, and then all of a sudden you go to the next track, which is Summer of Dreams, and it's kind of in your. You know, I'm not a pianist, so I don't know the different scales and stuff, but you know, louder and in your face and stuff like that. 
I I would say it's very upbeat and passionate. Yeah, it's definitely yeah. I could see that. Um, and then up the river we've talked about, which is kind of an exotic, kind of like like a Spanish or Cuban vibe to it. And that's the only song that you kind of hear drums and other sounds. I I don't know what that is. There's drums on it. I think it's like a maraca or something. So I wonder if he's playing those sounds on his keyboard or if he actually had. Um, let me look. I want to see if there's any credits to other musicians. It was produced by David and Larry Fast. Um, so the, the only. Um, so there's yeah, orchestra. Moon Junction Studio, which is his home studio. The only actual like credits for other musicians is Netherworld Waltz. Yeah, because he has a whole band there in the in the book. I'm looking at the booklet right now. And you know he was actually in that scene in Netherworld. Oh, was he? It's it's a whole scene with the band and that song. And yeah, he's like front row center. You know, wearing a bandana, looking like a badass. <laughs> With a big, like, upright that. piano. I haven't seen that in forever. Yeah, so, you know, you know, we're talking about uh, Up the River, you know, with it having those different sounds to it, like a little bit of a drum. It says M-I-D-I orchestrations, whatever it, that is, whatever that's supposed to mean. Um, but anyway, so yeah, so I wonder if that if he did that on his keys or or what. But e either way, um, you know, overall these are just um, great. I, I want to look on the. I also I also love the artwork too. We didn't we didn't talk about the artwork. You know, like the like the covers. You know, like uh, I kind of like how he did lunar. It kind of kind of reminds me of Crush in a way, but in a different style. You know, the squares. And then, yeah. you know, so I like that. You know, the first one definitely has that early mid-90s vibe cover. Like mid-90s grungy type vibe. And he then looks, he's wearing suspenders. Looks, I don't know. Ever since I got this when I was a kid, it always reminded me like he was going to paint or something. You know, like, just, can we just talk about the suspenders for a minute? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and then, yeah, then you got the little, if this doesn't want to make you go buy the, the, uh, the album, I don't know what will. I knew that be your, uh, your selling point. I gotta stop, I'm drooling over here. Um, I see, and I still have the sticker on the, the <laughs> I can this one, fine. The little sticker. I, I'm a big sticker, you know, like, I, because, you know, now nowadays people don't buy physical albums. I was just like, you know. It says David Bryan, keyboard player for Bon Jovi, first solo album, creating music that comes from the heart and includes a new version of the Bon Jovi smash in these arms. But so anyway, yeah. So you know, overall, this album is so uh, is is amazing. I know we could go on and on and on about it. I I wish there was vocals in some of these songs because I feel like I could take the songs to a whole new level. But I, don't, I, I think I think David's goal for that though was not to 
I think it was just to kind of show his talent and stuff and have a soothing album and just listen to the piano. And one thing I do want to say with Lunar Eclipse, because um, sadly the photographer, um, Linda Rowe, is no longer with us. She's actually the one who did the um, photography. I know oh, my, my lighting's absolutely horrible. Um, but yeah, she was the one who did the photography and unfortunately is no longer with us. Um, she passed away a few years ago. Um, but she did an amazing job yeah. with the photography Absolutely. for this album. Because especially on the lunar eclipse, you really get that classic piano feel by just looking at the album, you know. And like I said, too, it kind of um, replicates um, Crush, how they did with the squares on the album cover. Another mm -hmm. thing I want to point out, too, is I love how he, both of them, one's called On a Full Moon, and then the second one's Lunar Eclipse. Yeah. And so I, I wonder what gave him uh, the inspiration to call it. Um, I know. Yeah. I know. Let's hear it. <laughs> He's actually um, a, a, a night man and has always had a love, maybe slight obsession with the moon since he was a kid. Okay. And he actually has a model um, he got as a kid and still has it, like wow. sitting right on his desk. Um, but yeah, he, he he said he's always been a nighttime. That's when he does his writing, his work, even if he has to be up at 6 a.m. the next day. Yeah. Yeah, um, I know. Like, because, like, and it's funny, too, that you said it, because, like, like on Instagram and stuff, you know, I'll see videos of him, like, at a party at, like, middle of the night or, you know, or just, just him partying in general. And none of the other guys really do that. And you see David, like, with, with uh, a glass of wine and singing his heart out to karaoke and just... Oh, he can be, he can be drunk, and he'll still just belt out those yeah. Don Jimmy lyrics just like the rest of us. <laughs> yep, exactly. So, anyway, I really appreciate you coming on today, because I, I knew I couldn't find anybody better to do these albums with than you. And so, like I said, you know, we'll do the soundtracks. You know, once Diana's fully released and we get the Diana soundtrack, we'll definitely, you know, talk about Netherworld and Toxic, Avenger and Memphis and then uh, Luna, or, um, Diana. So, but uh, I'm looking forward to seeing you in November, you know, meeting for the, you know, in person for the first time and stuff. And uh, Yes, for Diana. We're going we're gonna to have a blast. It's going to be a great day. It's, it's going to be good to finally be at, you know, Bon Jovi events, David events, and, and all that. So, um, oh, there is no but nobody better that I would throw my money at. <laughs> exactly, my fiance. She always makes fun. She goes, "Why? How much money do you spend on this band?" I'm like, I don't even want to add up the numbers. I don't want to add up the num <laughs> the numbers. But it's, it's I'd, I'd like to know that too because of all the stuff you have. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, but anyway, thank you so much, Lisa, for coming on today, and I, I wish you well, and I 
I know we keep in touch on social media, so I'm sure we'll talk again soon, okay? Yes, and we will meet up in November at Diana and have a great time. And we'll, we'll talk more about David Bryant. We'll drive. Are you, are you bringing your husband? Oh, no. Oh. Uh, One, he hates David because oh. I like him. And yes. two, he doesn't like musicals. <laughs> well, see, Rachel, Rachel, nine times out of ten will come with me. And it's just like Bon Jovi shows. She always sits there because I get with my Bon Jovi friends and we'll, we'll nonstop all day talk about Bon Jovi. And, and I feel just like because not because she doesn't know what we're talking about. And so I feel like that's going to be you and I that we're going to talk nothing about David Bryan and she's going to sit there and go. On. I have to prep her. So my husband would be like, "Oh God." <laughs> they can sit together and go, "What the hell are they talking about?" He'd be like, "Are you really trying to pick take a picture of his butt?" Yes. Well, see, I don't do that, so I guess. Well, no, you know. you're a guy. I'm gonna expect you to do that. <laughs> well, there's gay guys out there that probably do, and there's nothing wrong with that. I just be like, Dave, can you just turn around just a little bit more? Yeah, but I don't take pictures of his butt, so. <laughs> And then, oh, I, I almost knocked him over. And it's funny because we're talking about the little bobblehead. Oh, he's so cute. Do you, do you have a bobblehead? No. Okay, I have, remind me in the event, I have an extra one. I will give you one. I will give you my left arm for it. Okay, well, you better give me your left arm then in November. <laughs> I don't know what I'll do with your left arm, but. You better give me your left arm. You can sell it on the black market. <laughs> I'd probably could. Someone would probably buy it. But seriously, re remind me, and because I have like two or three of these. I'll give you one. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. All right, Alicia, thank you again so much for thank coming Thank you. On. All right, I'll see you soon. All right, bye.